0: International Short Stories, Volume One American Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. International Short Stories, Volume One American Stories. Edited by William Patton. Section Six The Gold Bug by Edgar Allan Poe part three when you had gone and when jupiter was fast asleep i betook myself to a more methodical investigation of the affair in the first place i considered the manner in which the parchment had come into my possession the spot where we discovered the scarabaeus was on the coast of the mainland about a mile eastward of the island and but a short distance above the high-water mark upon my taking hold of it it gave me a sharp bite which caused me to let it drop. Jupiter, with his accustomed caution, before seizing the insect, which had flown toward him, looked about him for a leaf, or something of that nature, by which to take hold of it. It was at this moment that his eyes and mine also fell upon the scrap of parchment, which I then supposed to be paper. It was lying half buried in the sand, a corner sticking up near the spot where we found it i observed the remnants of the hull of what appeared to have been a ship's longboat. the wreck seemed to have been there for a very great while for the resemblance to boat timbers could scarcely be traced well jupiter picked up the parchment wrapped the beetle in it and gave it to me soon afterward we turned to go home and on the way met lieutenant gunn i showed him the insect and he begged me to let him take it to the fort Upon my consenting he thrust it forthwith into his waistcoat pocket without the parchment in which it had been wrapped and Which I had continued to hold in my hand during his inspection Perhaps he dreaded my changing my mind and thought it best to make sure of the prize at once You know how enthusiastic he is on all subjects connected with natural history At the same time without being conscious of it. I must have deposited the parchment in my own pocket you remember that when i went to the table for the purpose of making a sketch of the beetle, i found no paper where it was usually kept i looked in the drawer and found none there i searched my pockets hoping to find an old letter when my hand fell upon the parchment i thus detailed the precise mode in which it came into my possession for the circumstances impressed me with peculiar force no doubt you will think me fanciful but i had already established a kind of connection I had put together two links of a great chain there was a boat lying upon a seacoast and not far from the boat was a parchment not a paper with a skull depicted upon it you will of course ask where is the connection I replied that the skull or death's head is the well-known emblem of the pirate the flag of the death's head is hoisted in all engagements I have said that the scrap was parchment and not paper Parchment is durable almost imperishable Matters of little moment are rarely consigned to parchment since for the mere ordinary purposes of drawing or writing It is not nearly so well adapted as paper This reflection suggested some meaning some relevancy in the death's head I did not fail to observe also the form of the parchment Although one of its corners had been by some accident destroyed it could be seen that the original form was oblong it was just such a slip indeed as might have been chosen for a memorandum for a record of something to be long remembered and carefully preserved but i interposed you say that the skull was not upon the parchment when you made the drawing of the beetle how then do you trace any connection between the boat and the skull since this latter according to your own admission must have been designed God only knows how or by whom at some period subsequent to your sketching the scarabaeus ah Hereupon turns the whole mystery although the secret at this point I had comparatively little difficulty in solving my steps were sure and could afford but a single result I Reasoned for example thus when I drew the scarabaeus there was no skull apparent upon the parchment when I had completed the drawing I gave it to you and observed you narrowly until you returned it you therefore Did not design the skull and no one else was present to do it then it was not done by human agency And nevertheless it was done at this stage of my reflections I endeavored to remember and did remember with entire distinctness every incident which occurred about the period in question The weather was chilly Oh, rare and happy accident and a fire was blazing upon the hearth i was heated with exercise and sat near the table you however had drawn a chair close to the chimney just as i placed the parchment in your hand and as you were in the act of inspecting it wolf the newfoundland entered and leaped upon your shoulders with your left hand you caressed him and kept him off while your right holding the parchment was permitted to fall listlessly between your knees and in close proximity to the fire at one moment i thought the blaze had caught it and was about to caution you but before i could speak you had withdrawn it and were engaged in its examination when i considered all these particulars i doubted not for a moment that heat had been the agent in bringing to light upon the parchment the skull which i saw designed upon it you are well aware that chemical preparations exist and have existed time out of mind By means of which it's possible to write upon either paper or vellum so that the characters shall become visible only when subjected to the action of fire Zephar digested in aquaregia and diluted with four times its weight of water is sometimes employed a green tint results the regulus of cobalt dissolved in a spirit of nitre gives a red these colors disappear at longer or shorter intervals after the material written upon it cools but again becomes apparent upon the reapplication of heat i now scrutinized the death's head with care its outer edges the edges of the drawing nearest the edge of the vellum was far more distinct than the others it was clear that the action of the caloric had been imperfect or unequal i immediately kindled the fire and subjected every portion of the parchment to a glowing heat. At first, the only effect was the strengthening of the faint lines in the skull, but upon persevering in the experiment, there became visible, at the corner of the slip, diagonally opposite to the spot in which the death's head was delineated, the figure of what I at first supposed to be a goat. A closer scrutiny, however, satisfied me that it was intended for a kid. Ha, ha said i to be sure i have no right to laugh at you a million and a half of money is too serious a matter for mirth but you are not about to establish a third link in your chain you will not find any special connection between your pirates and the goat pirates you know have nothing to do with goats they appertain to the farming interest but i have just said that the figure was not that of a goat well a kid then pretty much the same thing pretty much but not altogether said legrand you may have heard of one captain kid i at once looked upon the figure of the animal as a kind of punning or hieroglyphical signature i say signature because its position upon the vellum suggested this idea the death's head at the corner diagonally opposite had in the same manner the air of a stamp or seal but i was sorely put out by the absence of all else of the body to my imagined instrument of the text for my context. I presume you expected to find a final letter between the stamp and the signature? Something of that kind. The fact is, I felt irresistibly impressed with the presentiment of some vast good fortune impending. I can scarcely say why. Perhaps, after all, it was rather a desire than an actual belief. But do you know that Jupiter's silly words about the bug being of solid gold had a remarkable effect upon my fancy and then the series of accidents and coincidences these were so very extraordinary do you observe how mere an accident it was that these events should have occurred upon the sole day of all the year in which it has been or may be sufficiently cool for foe and that without the fire or without the intervention of the dog at the precise moment in which he appeared i should never have become aware of the death's head and so never the possessor of the treasure but proceed i am all impatience well you have heard of course the many stories current the thousand vague rumors afloat about money buried somewhere upon the atlantic coast by kidd and his associates these rumors must have had some foundation in fact and that the rumors have existed so long and so continuously could have resulted it appeared to me only from the circumstance of the buried treasures still remaining entombed had Kidd concealed his plunder for a time, and afterward reclaimed it, the rumors would scarcely have reached us in their present unvarying form. You will observe that the stories told are all about money-seekers, not about money-finders. Had the pirate recovered his money, there the affair would have dropped. It seemed to me that some accident, save the loss of a memorandum indicating its locality, had deprived him of the means of recovering it and that this accident had become known to his followers who otherwise might never have heard that the treasure had been concealed at all and who, busying themselves in vain because unguided attempts to regain it had given first birth and then universal currency to the reports which are now so common have you ever heard of any important treasure being unearthed along the coast never but that kids accumulations were immense is well known I took it for granted therefore that the earth still held them and you will scarcely be surprised when I tell you that I felt a hope Nearly amounting to certainty that the parchment so strangely found involved a lost record of the place of deposit But how did you proceed I held the vellum again to the fire after increasing the heat? But nothing appeared I now thought it possible that the coating of dirt might have something to do with the failure so i carefully rinsed the parchment by pouring warm water over it and having done this i placed it in a tin pan with the skull downward and put the pan upon a furnace of lighted charcoal in a few minutes the pan having become thoroughly heated i removed the slip and to my inexpressible joy found it spotted in several places with what appeared to be figures arranged in lines again i placed it in the pan and suffered it to remain another minute upon taking it off the hole was just as you see it now here legrand having reheated the parchment submitted it to my inspection there were many and confusing characters rudely traced in a red tint between the death's head and the goat but said i returning him the slip i am as much in the dark as ever were all the jewels of golconda awaiting me upon my solution of this enigma I am quite sure that I should be unable to earn them. And yet, said Legrand, the solution is by no means so difficult as you might be led to imagine from the first hasty inspection of the characters. These characters, as anyone might readily guess, form a cipher. That is to say, they convey a meaning, but then from what is known of Kidd, I could not suppose him capable of constructing any of the more abstruse cryptographs. I made up my mind at once that this was of a simple species such however as would appear to the crude intellect of the sailor absolutely insoluble without the key and you readily solved it readily I have solved others of an abstruseness ten thousand times greater circumstances and a certain bias of mind have led me to take interest in such riddles and it may well be doubted whether human ingenuity can construct an enigma of the kind which human ingenuity may not, by proper application, resolve. In fact, having once established connected and legible characters, I scarcely gave a thought to the mere difficulty of developing their import. In the present case, indeed, in all cases of secret writing, the first question regards the language of the cipher for the principles of solution so far especially as the more simple ciphers are concerned depend upon and are varied by the genius of the particular idiom in general there is no alternative but experiment directed by probabilities of every tongue known to him who attempts the solution until the true one be attained but with the cipher now before us all difficulty was removed by the signature the pun upon the word kid is appreciable in no other language than that of english but for this consideration i should have begun my attempts with spanish and french as the tongues in which a secret of this kind would most naturally have been written by a pirate of the spanish main as it was i assumed the cryptograph to be english you observe there are no divisions between the words had there been divisions the task would have been comparatively easy in such cases, I should have commenced with a collation and analysis of the shorter words, and had a word of a single letter occurred, as is most likely, A or I, for example, I should have considered the solution as assured. But there being no division, my first step was to ascertain the predominant letters as well as the least frequent. Counting all, I constructed a table. Thus, of the characters eight, there are thirty-three. Twenty-six semicolons. Nineteen fours. Sixteen stars. Thirteen double daggers and parentheses. Fourteen fives. Eleven sixes. Eight single daggers and ones. Six o's. Five ninety twos. Four colons and threes. Three question marks. Two staffs and one double dash and one period. Now in English, the letter which most frequently occurs is E. Afterward, the succession runs thus. A-O-I-D-H-N-R-S-T-U-Y-C-F-G-L-M-W-B-K-P-Q-X-Z. E predominates. So remarkably that an individual sentence of any length is rarely seen in which it is not the prevailing character Here then we have in the very beginning the groundwork for something more than just a mere guess The general use which may be made of the table is obvious But in this particular cipher we shall only very partially require its aid as our predominant character is eight we will commence by assuming it as the e of the natural alphabet to verify the supposition let us observe if the eight be seen often in couples for e is doubled with great frequency in english in such words for example as meet fleet speed seen been agree etc in the present instance we see it doubled no less than five times although the cryptograph is brief let us assume eight then as e now of all words in the language the is most usual let us see therefore whether there are not repetitions of any three characters in the same order of collocation the last of them being eight if we discover repetitions of such letters so arranged they will most probably represent the word the upon inspection we find no less than seven such arrangements the characters being semicolon forty-eight period we may therefore assume that a semicolon represents t four represents h, and eight represents e, the last being now well confirmed. And thus a great step has been taken. But having established a single word, we are enabled to establish a vastly important point, that is to say, several commencements and terminations of other words. Let us refer, for example, to the last instance but one, in which the combination semicolon forty eight occurs not far from the end of the cipher we know that the semicolon immediately ensuing is the commencement of a word and of six characters succeeding this The, we are cognizant of no less than five let us set these characters down thus by the letters we know them to represent leaving a space for the unknown T E E T H period here we are enabled at once to discard the th as forming no portion of the word commencing with the first "t semicolon, since by experiment of the entire alphabet for a letter adapted to the vacancy, we perceive that no word can be formed of which this th can be a part. We are thus narrowed into t space e e comma, and going through the alphabet if necessary, as before, we arrive at the word "tree" as the sole possible reading. We thus gain another letter, R, represented by parentheses, with the words the tree in juxtaposition. Looking beyond these words, for a short distance, we again see the combination semicolon four eight and employ it by way of termination to what immediately precedes. We have thus this arrangement, the tree semicolon four dagger question mark 3, 4, the, or substituting the natural letters where known, it reads thus, the tree, T-H-R, double dagger, question mark, 3, H, the. Now, if in the place of the unknown characters we leave blank spaces or substitute dots, we read thus, the tree, T-H-R, dot, 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 H, T-H-E when the word through makes itself evident at once. But this discovery gives us three new letters, O, U, and G, represented by double dagger, question mark, and three. Looking now narrowly through the cipher for combinations of known characters, we find not very far from the beginning this arrangement. Eight, three, parentheses, eight, eight, or E g r e e which plainly is the conclusion of the word degree and gives us another letter D Represented by dagger four letters beyond the word degree. We perceive the combination semicolon four six parentheses semicolon eight eight Translating the known characters and representing the unknown by dots as before we read thus T H dot r t e e an arrangement immediately suggestive of the word thirteen and again furnishing us with two new characters i and n represented by six and star referring now to the beginning of the cryptograph we find the combination five three double dagger double dagger dagger translating as before we obtain good g o o d which assures us that the first letter is a and that the first two words are a good It is now time that we arrange our key as far as discovered in a tabular form to avoid confusion It will stand thus five represents a single dagger d eight e three g four h six I star n Double dagger, O, parentheses, R, colon, T, question mark, U. We have therefore no less than eleven of the most important letters represented, and it will be unnecessary to proceed with the details of the solution. I have said enough to convince you that ciphers of this nature are readily soluble, and to give you some insight into the rationale of their development. But be assured that the specimen before us appertains to the very simplest species of cryptograph it now only remains to give you the full translation of the characters upon the parchment as unriddled and here it is a good glass in the bishop's hostel in the devil's seat forty-one degrees and thirteen minutes northeast and by North Main Branch, Seventh Limb, East Side, shoot from the left eye of the Death's Head a bee line from the tree through the shot fifty feet out." "But," said I, "the enigma seems still in as bad a condition as ever; how is it possible to extort a meaning from all this jargon about Devil's Seats, Death's Head, and Bishops' Hotels? I confess, replied Legrand, that the matter still wears a serious aspect when regarded with a casual glance. My first endeavor was to divide the sentence into the natural division intended by the cryptographist. You mean to punctuate it? Something of that kind. But how is it possible to effect this? I reflected that it had been a point with the writer to run his words together without division, so as to increase the difficulty of solution. Now, a not over-acute man, in pursuing such an object, would be nearly certain to overdo the matter. When, in the course of his composition, he arrived at a break in his subject, which would naturally require a pause, or a point, he would be exceedingly apt to run his characters, at this place, more than usually close together. If you will observe the M.S. in the present instance, you will easily detect five such cases of unusual crowding. Acting upon this hint, I made the division thus A good glass in the Bishop's Hostel, in the Devil's Seat, forty one degrees and thirteen minutes northeast, and by north, main branch, seventh limb, east side, shoot from the left eye of the death's head, a bee line from the tree through the shot, fifty feet out. Even this division, said I, leaves me still in the dark it left me also in the dark replied legrand for a few days during which i made diligent inquiry in the neighborhood of sullivan's island for any building which went by the name of the bishop's hotel for of course i dropped the obsolete word hostel gaining no information on the subject i was on the point of extending my sphere of search and proceeding in a more systematic manner when one morning it entered into my head quite suddenly that this bishop's hostel might have some reference to an old family of the name of Bisop, which time out of mine had held possession of an ancient manor house about four miles to the northward of the island i accordingly went over to the plantation and reinstituted my inquiries among the older negroes of the place at length one of the most aged of the women said that she had heard of such a place as Bisop's castle and thought that she could guide me to it but that it was not a castle nor a tavern but a high rock i offered to pay her well for her trouble and after some demur she consented to accompany me to the spot we found it without much difficulty when dismissing her i proceeded to examine the place the castle consisted of an irregular assemblage of cliffs and rocks one of the latter being quite remarkable for its height as well as for its insulated and artificial appearance i clambered to its apex and then felt much at a loss as to what should be next done while i busied in reflection my eyes fell upon a narrow ledge in the eastern face of the rock perhaps a yard below the summit upon which i stood this ledge projected about eighteen inches and was not more than a foot wide while a niche in the cliff just above it Gave it a rude resemblance to one of the hollow backed chairs used by our ancestors. I made no doubt that here was the devil's seat alluded to in the MS, and now I seemed to grasp the full secret of the riddle. The good glass, I knew, could have reference to nothing but a telescope, for the word glass is rarely employed in any other sense by seamen. Now here I at once saw. Was a telescope to be used, and a definite point of view, admitting no variation from which to use it. Nor did I hesitate to believe that the phrases 41 degrees and 13 minutes, and northeast and by north, were intended as directions for the leveling of the glass. Greatly excited by these discoveries, I hurried home, procured a telescope, and returned to the rock. I let myself down to the ledge and found that it was impossible to retain a seat upon it except in one particular position This fact confirmed my preconceived idea I Proceeded to use the glass of course the 41 degrees in 13 minutes could allude to nothing but elevation Above the visible horizon since the horizontal direction was clearly indicated by the words Northeast and by North this latter direction I at once established by means of a pocket compass Then pointing the glasses nearly at an angle of 41 degrees of elevation as I could do it by guess I moved it cautiously up or down Until my attention was arrested by a circular rift or opening in the foliage of a large tree That overtopped its fellows in the distance in the center of this rift I perceived a white spot but could not at first distinguish what it was Adjusting the focus of the telescope. I again looked and now made it out to be a human skull Upon this discovery. I was so sanguine as to consider the enigma solved for the phrase main branch seventh limb east side could refer only to the position of the skull upon the tree while shoot from the left eye of the death's head admitted also of but one interpretation in regard to a search for buried treasure I perceived that the design was to drop a bullet from the left eye of the skull and that a beeline or in other words a straight line Drawn from the nearest point of the trunk through the shot or the spot where the bullet fell and thence extended to a distance of 50 feet would indicate a definite point point and beneath this point i thought it at least possible that a deposit of value lay concealed all this i said is exceedingly clear and although ingenious still simple and explicit when you left the bishop's hotel what then why having carefully taken the bearings of the tree i turned homeward the instant that i left the devil's seat however the circular rift vanished nor could i get a glimpse of it afterward turn as i would what seems to me the chief ingenuity in this whole business is the fact for repeated experiment has convinced me It is a fact that the circular opening in question is visible from no other attainable point of view Than that afforded by the narrow ledge upon the face of the rock in this expedition to the bishop's hotel I had been attended by Jupiter who had no doubt observed for some weeks past the abstraction of my demeanor and took especial care not to leave me alone But on the next day getting up very early I contrived to give him the slip and went into the hills in search of the tree After much toil I found it when I came home at night my valet proposed to give me a flogging With the rest of the adventure. I believe you are as well acquainted as myself I suppose said I you missed the spot in the first attempt at digging through Jupiter's stupidity in letting the bug fall through the right Instead of through the left eye of the skull Precisely this mistake made a difference of about two inches and a half in the shot That is to say in the position of the peg nearest the tree and had the treasure been beneath the shot the error would have been of little moment but the shot together with the nearest point of the tree were merely two points for the establishment of a line of direction Of course the error however trivial in the beginning Increased as we proceeded with the line and by the time we had gone 50 feet threw us quite off the scent, but for my deep-seated impressions that treasure was here somewhere actually buried We might have had all our labor in vain but your grand ill-eloquence and your conduct in swinging the beetle how excessively odd i was sure you were mad and why did you insist upon letting fall the bug instead of a bullet from the skull why to be frank i felt somewhat annoyed by your evident suspicions touching my sanity and so resolved to punish you quietly in my own way by a little bit of sober mystification for this reason i swung the beetle and for this reason i let it fall from the tree an observation of yours was about its great weight suggested the latter idea yes i perceive but now there is only one point which puzzles me what are we to make of the skeletons found in the hole that is a question i am no more able to answer than yourself there seems however only one plausible way of accounting for them and yet it is dreadful to believe in such atrocity as my suggestion would imply it is clear that Kidd, if Kidd indeed, secreted this treasure, which I doubt not. It is clear that he must have had assistance in the labor. But this labor concluded, he may have thought it expedient to remove all participants in his secret. Perhaps a couple of blows with a mattock were sufficient while his coadjutors were busy in the pit. Perhaps it required a dozen. Who shall tell? End of section six.